For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is what? It's unfruitful. It's not an intellectual exercise. There are some people who go to churches, they try to cram people's tongues. They hear someone saying, Le cusco fronskila pacata, custe fronskina unga, guste guste maracay. No, some people even try to cram apostles' tongues. So they go and start praying. Likronskiko, shakika, rakik, kashtonk, and kashtenga, kalugishka. It's not an intellectual ex. You will not receive edification that way. It comes from your spirit. In verse 14, in the amplified version, all right? Amplified version. Verse 14. Amplified. If I pray in an unknown tongue, watch this, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, what? Praise. See? So, when you speak in tongues, you are giving voice to spiritual vocabulary. You're not speaking mental languages or you're not giving information. You're actually encoding um, truths or facts about your situation to God. If I pray in a known tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. See that? Your mind got no clue. It's not a mental exercise. In Acts 2 verse 4, the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, watch this, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Spirit gives you the urge, you do the speaking. Are you following me? This is no mental exercise. When you're speaking in tongues, you are actually encoding information to God. No devil can hear it. And no man can hear it except by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 to 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. And this is, this is so important. Let's say you're praying for a situation and it's not getting solved. You're praying for a situation. Then you need to engage the language of the Spirit. Because when you're speaking in tongues... Your spirit is speaking what the Holy Spirit would have prayed if the Holy Ghost was praying for you. Did you get that? When you're speaking in, in tongues, you're praying what the Holy Spirit would have prayed if he was the one doing the praying. So, let's give an instance. Let's say you're always having losses in your business. Always. Everything you do, loss. Everything you do, loss. Every person, loss. Okay, what do I do? It is what you do. You don't know how to pray about it. You pray, oh God, no more losses, and there's still losses. Oh God, no more losses, there's still losses. Oh God, let the church grow, it's not growing. Oh God, let the church is not growing. So this is what you do. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't know how I ought to pray for this situation. I've been praying again and again, and it seems not to be going away. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I yield myself to the Holy Spirit to pray concerning the losses I see in my business. So, you start praying. Letronske, you start praying, and you pray until you have a note of victory. When a note of victory comes, God starts explaining to you what you prayed and giving you the answer. 
You see that? There are many of you who don't know how to really engage this spiritual vocabulary. This helps people pray. Let's say you're looking for a job, you're not getting a job, a businessman, no, no, no job, no contract, nothing. This is what they do. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you. Yes, in the name of Jesus, you, uh, um, I pray that I'll get a contract like and just go in words. No, you've been praying six months. Six months, no breakthrough. Eight months, no breakthrough. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, I don't know how to pray concerning this matter, but I know the Holy Ghost knows how to pray about this. So, Father, concerning this matter, I yield myself to the Holy Ghost to pray concerning this. In the name of Jesus, you start praying in tongues. You stay in there. Because you want an answer. But many of us are very impatient. It can take you one hour, 25 minutes, two hours, three hours, 15 minutes, five hours, stay there. Then answers will start coming. Answers will start coming. That's the way I live my life. I want to pray about something. Um, maybe I don't like the way things are in a particular thing or maybe the work, the church work we do. I, start, I just take it and start praying in tongues. And I stay there. I stay there. But the Spirit makes, himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You're praying. You pray to a point and before you know it, you can't use words anymore. It's like a... That's the emotion of the Spirit. But the Bible says, verse 27, it says, Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. You can't hear, you don't understand what you're saying. Now you're coming to groaning. Because when you get to that point, you're actually betting things in your spirit. Says he who searches and knows what's the mind, he knows what the Holy Ghost is saying. You don't know. There's some people who have coded languages, even in some homes. They just come say, it's a little day. Say, you know, they, that's their father. You're like, ah, what are they speaking? Have you been to some homes? They have coded languages. Say, our father, we, we, say, they never cook. Okay. We, we means food. What are they speaking? Is there family codes? How I many of you have family codes? Let me see. You have family codes? All right. Okay. The individual knows the mind of that person. But you, you don't know. You don't be looking at them like, ladies, we not sell somebody. What these people are saying here? Yeah. How they don't have evil intent. How I many of you have gone somewhere and how uh, I many of you have traveled to a, a place you've never been before and they don't speak English? Let me see. Okay, now, let's say you went for youth service and you know they don't speak English there. So come down the park. You say, you're going to surround some place. And you say, okay, they say, enter bus there. And while you're waiting, someone just look at you and okay, no, 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 You know, you first say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for, <laughs> I fight for protection. Protect me. The other person comes 
butalea popunake atule mongala you'll be looking around say god save me this youth service i came to do yeah. i don't know who brought this youth service yeah. if you want to kill somebody say father have mercy on me anything i've committed then that one looks at you again Jesus. Jesus. Then, after you have been praying, seriously, somebody just comes and says, um, Excuse me, when you hear English, you have to come and say, Yes. You can speak English, say yes. Uh-huh. He said, uh, That man is saying that you can't travel this night because that community is not safe. It's not safe, it's not safe. Please come over with me, I'll take you to a church nearby. Say, thank you very much. God bless you. Then you not told the man, say, thank you, thank you. You were afraid of the man before because he didn't understand what he was saying. Many people are afraid of speaking in tongues because they don't understand what they are saying or what someone else is saying. When you get to the community, you'll be suspicious of everybody. You enter there, and you move into the place. Now you enter your copper, your same. So you all come to us. You look at them. Like, you, can, you look at them. Like, they see a man with a very wicked face, not knowing he's the kindest man in that community. Look at you. See, we're telling a pack one, no, huh? Takwani, eh? You go say, Father, I'm here with these people again. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think I'm really speaking a language. That's what I think. I think when this message goes out, somebody will tell us I was speaking in their language. Amen. It says, now he who searches the heart knows what the mind, what, what the mind of the spirit is because it makes decisions for the saints according to the will of God. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying the perfect will of God for that situation. So if eventually, when you wait to the end of that prayer time and you get a word from God, that's the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Are you out there? And that's why I look at people who, when they pray in tongues, they pray from their crammed tongues in their mind. See, that's the way some people pray. When he got through the Holy Ghost, they spoke Masolo Kopakata, Masolo Kopakata. Now, every time they pray, they go Masolo Kopakata, Masolo Kopakata. They're in their minds. Because if you will yield to the Spirit, it will be more than that. Because it's a language. It's your spirit talking to God who is a spirit. It is spiritual. Speaking in tongues is actually spiritual talk. See, it's spirit to spirit talk. You're talking to God. And he's understanding you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. All right. First Corinthians 14, back again. Verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who presides speaks edification, exhortation, and what? And comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies does what? Edifies the church. I wish you all spoke in tongues. How many of you should speak in tongues? 
all. But it says, but even more, that's what you prophesy. So God wants every believer to flow in the prophetic. To be able to hear God for yourself. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Unless indeed he what interprets that a church may receive what edification. So when you speak in tongues and it's interpreted, it is equal to what? Prophecy. Are you out there? All right. Let's move on. What is the purpose of prophecy? Number eight. To align us with the will and program of God for our lives. The purpose of prophecy is to align us with the will and program of God for our lives. So God talks to us. And um, let me give you an instance. I was in Benin. And um, we started a campus fellowship on the 15th of November, 1997. And we're in Benin. And I came to Bayelsa for a camp meeting. 2004, April 2004. And after the camp meeting, I was studying my Bible, and I came to Matthew 4, verse 16. And when I got there, I saw where the Bible says, those, the people who sat in darkness, have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in rich and shut of death, light has done. It's actually the old King James. Light is sprung up. And I, I was like, wait, wait a minute. I just knew God had called me to Bielsa. I knew it. And I knew I shouldn't go back to Benin. So I stayed in um, Bielsa for a while. I didn't like a lot of things. You know, I grew up in a society where you see people, you greet people, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. You know, that's the way we greet. And I got here, nobody greets you. Then, secondly, if you greet someone, the person feels you are less than him. That's why you greeted him. Say, good, good day, sir. Good day, how are you? You're like, hey, you small man talking to me. Look at you. So I was like, I don't like this kind of place. Secondly, water was 10 naira. When water was 5 naira everywhere. So I said, like, what's happening here? Things are expensive. Houses are expensive. I said, I'm going back to Benin. So I went back to Benin. In fact, when I got to Benin, they were shocked to see me because we're supposed to, I was supposed to swap with the pastor in Bayelsa. But God kept on speaking. Can you hear the cry of the people? Can you hear? And I would hear people wailing. I couldn't help it anymore. One Tuesday afternoon, I just packed my things. In the afternoon. And traveled in the afternoon. I got to Bayasa in the night. So how did I align the prophetic? See, and that's why I thank God that God doesn't just speak once. He speaks how? Again and what? 
And again, that's a beautiful thing about God. Amen. Let me, let me look at something here. This is not in my note, but I think it will bless you. Because God speaks more than once. Jeremiah 29 verse 19. Now look at this. Jeremiah 29 verse 19. Look at this. Because they have not heeded my words, says the Lord, which I sent to them by my prophets, by my servants the prophets, rising up and sending them, neither would you heed, says the Lord. Notice they kept on coming. He sends his prophets again and again and again. See, it, it speaks to align us with his purpose. Because there are distractions along the way. There are discouraging things you will see. Look at Jeremiah 25 verse 4. And the Lord has sent to you all his pro- servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them. But you've not listened and inclined your ear to hear. These people did not repent. See that? 26 verse 5. He says, though heed the words of my son, the prayer, whom I sent to you, but rise up early and sending them, if not heeded. So God will be speaking again and again to align you. I can't tell you how many times he tells me, this is the place for you. You know, I may see something, or maybe I talk with someone and say, oh, it's better for you to come to the UK and uh, nah, 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 or be in that city because your kind of work, you know, your, your international ministry and the kind of things you do. And, uh, and it's true. To get some kind of manpower for what we do, it's better to be in Lagos, Abuja, or maybe London or South Africa. But the Lord will speak again. This is your place. Aligning you. Because there are distractions. You have to keep on doing what we call course correction in aviation. Every plane, after a while, they, they check to make sure they are on, on the right course. Because if you don't keep on doing course correction, you may end up in another destination. So God keeps talking to you. And he tells you, you're not alone. Stay strong, my son. This work will not fail. I called you to this. I do not raise failures. What's he doing? It's strengthening you to align align you with God's will. Hallelujah. When I was dating my wife, and um, she's a very strong woman, and um, I, I felt that you know, the Lord said, this is my wife. Okay, she'll be very submissive. So when I was dating her, she, I found out she had a will of her own. Again and again, the Lord said, this is it. This is it. This is it. Aligning you. See? So that's why, as a believer, you must learn to listen more to your spirit than to the outer circumstances. Because if you follow the flesh you may end up in another airport. So you listen. You listen. You see that? You listen. One day I was studying, many of my, 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 many people I know, several of them are moving out of the country, some to Canada, some to all kinds of places. Uh, recently, uh, last year, somebody that we knew, my, my, my children really liked their children. There was a flow. And um, they had moved to Canada. They're in Canada now, since last year. So we were moving. And the Lord said, do not go down to Egypt. 
I just knew what he meant. Because the Spirit of God interpreted it to me that the Egyptians were the ones that enslaved the Israelites. It was a white man that enslaved the black man. Don't go down to Egypt. He said, dwell in this land. So join in this land and I will bless you. So I knew, okay, my place is Nigeria. So I wonder how some of them right now in America are. In this circumstance, says so John in this land, and I will bless you. So okay, this is the land for me. Now stay here. And I sojourned in this land, and in this land they gave me a big house. So I will bless you. So John in this land. So you need to keep hearing, keep hearing what is God saying to align with God's will. You know this is God's will. But at certain times, oh boy, the challenge. Even Jesus at one point said, Lord, if you possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but I will be done. Do you know what happened later? An angel appeared to him and strengthened him. Luke twenty-two forty-three, Luke twenty-two forty-three, and an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. You see that? So you need those those moments of strengthening and aligning, so you can you can follow through with the will of God. Jesus needed it. I mean, if you be sincere with yourself, sometimes you're following God's will, you get discouraged. You see that? But how many of you find out sometimes you just hear a word from God or maybe a song or maybe a message and you're strengthened? Let me see your hand up. You see that? You need it. So align you. In Amos 3 verse 3, the Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You see? The new king says, unless they are agreed. So God gives us that word to align us. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody today? All right, now let's move on, please. Look at Ephesians 3, 1 to 9. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, next, it says, For if indeed you have heard of this mention of the grace of God, which was is, which is given to me for you, next, look at this, how that by revelation it made known to me the mystery. See, revelation is insight into mysteries, a hidden truth. As I've written briefly already, next. It says, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Next. It says, which in honor ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Now, what do we mean here? God's plan is progressively revealed. You see that? It's progressively revealed. For instance, when the Lord started using me, there are certain things I didn't know at first. In um, 1995 or thereabout, I went on a fast with a friend. We intended to fast for 40 days. While I was fasting, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to teach my people how to heal the sick how to raise the dead, 
how to open blind eyes, how to do this, how to do that, and stop deaf ears, losing dumb tongues, and talking. And I said, like, Lord, I haven't done this. I said, I'll teach you how. So through the years, I've learned how to do these things. And you know, I teach you how to do it too. All right. Then in um, November 22nd, 2022, 2002, at about uh, two or there, about between 12 and two in the afternoon, I was watching television. And it was actually... Franklin Graham raising money for Samaritan sports. And suddenly, I heard God. He said, take my healing power to the nations. And I wept. I started crying. I don't even know why I was crying. But I don't know why encounters like that makes you cry. You see? And as I cried, the pastor besides me joined me in the crying. When your man of God is crying, there's something to cry about. I said, why are you crying? I said, he said, I should take his healing power to the nations. He just cried. And we cried. Progressively revealed. It aligns you with God's will. Then we started uh, Wings of Healing. And um, which became Healing School. Now, you've got to understand that you have to stay in tune, hearing. So you, you keep on following through with God's plan for your life. You keep on hearing. Jesus kept on hearing. Jesus said, I do what I see my father doing. He said, my father will show me greater works than you may marvel. See, it was progressive. It keeps you in line. You, you're hearing from me. That's why your prayer life is important. Many of you are not praying every day. You are missing opportunities every day. Because you have to be sensitive to fulfill destiny. Now watch this. The day Cornelius people got to Peter, Peter was fasting upstairs. Fasting fine-tunes your spirit. It keeps your spirit sensitive. Peter was fasting upstairs. Now, when he was fasting, God showed him a vision to let him know that the people that were sending for him were sent by God. Because then, the gospel was only preached only to the Jews. Now, how is Peter going to preach to the Gentiles if he doesn't get a revelation from God that it is not wrong to preach the gospel to the Gentiles? There are many churches that stand against the work of God they prayed for. many churches because they didn't stay in tune when the thing came they couldn't recognize it Peter heard a voice says Peter rise kill and eat he said not so Lord he knew those voices but he said not so Lord I thought eating anything come on unclean the voice spoke again Peter rise kill and eat he said not so Lord it happened three times he says whatever I've cleansed don't call it common then he says, there are three men seeking you. Arise and go with them down to nothing for I have sent them. See, if he was not hearing from God and following the voice of God, hear me, the house of Cornelius would never have heard the gospel. 
So many times, because you're not hearing from God, you are missing your adventures in destiny. So life is an adventure in destiny. When you meet someone and you talk to the person, person, this morning God told me I will meet somebody here. The person will say so and so. What if you didn't obey to go to the other park you do not know usually go to? Just miss opportunities. Uh, I, I can't do it. I am so busy. I beg. You hear the voice. Of, sometimes people don't even hear. They don't hear nothing. Okay, look at my wife. Probably aligning you with her destiny. She's walking. I'm in front. Single girl on campus. She did not want to marry a pastor. She had no vision of marrying a pastor. She wanted to just do, live her life and do her thing. And God said... You walk closely with that man. Take this walk seriously. You walk closely with that man. He that misses it, misses out. She didn't know taking the campus worship seriously was a destiny to be married to me. Then God talks to me and says, your destiny is so important to me, I will have to choose your wife. Because I had listened to what I wanted. I wanted to marry a virgin. Yoruba, a lawyer, whose father and father's father was a pastor. So you can imagine I had arranged what I wanted. But he said, your destiny is so important to me, I will have to. So I, wow, if I don't fulfill destiny, then I shouldn't make this decision. And he chose my wife for me. And now, I'm fulfilling destiny. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Where? It aligns you. There are many of you, you'd have gone far in life, but you don't hear God. You live your life by your own agenda. You do your own thing. This is my kind of man I would like to marry. I've made up my mind. This is the kind of man. So God says, have your man. Let me share this with you. There's a lady in the fellowship. Many people wanted me to marry. She was quiet. And some people said, that's the person. I said, she's not the one. And one guy was very angry that how will I not agree? That's what he said. I said, I know what God told me. So your destiny is so important. I have to choose your life. So she's coming with gifts. Her love is a weapon. When you meet her, your ministry shall be multiplied. So I wrote it down. So they were saying, is this lady, when I got married to my wife and we we're going through some challenges in the early days, the lady called my wife and said, she would never have been able to go through this. What would my life have been like if I didn't follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? Or following the facts, and this is what I want, or this is what uh, people are saying. But what is the Holy Spirit saying? One time I, I was thinking, okay, because she was an independent woman, and okay, let, let us go our own separate ways. And one day I was passing by a man of God, and there I was seated. 
He said, how is your fiance? I said, why will you ask for her? So you don't know her. She's your wife. 